Welcome back. This is the Trauma Tally. I'm Heather. I'm Jay. And I am Alana. Alana's our guest speaker for this set of recordings. I'm excited, not for the... Um, how do I phrase this without sounding like an asshole? Um, well, <laughs> don't be I'm an ex- asshole. <laughs> I'm excited for this because of the subject. Not, uh, not because of what happened to the people, but like the psychology part of it. Yeah. So uh, parentification. I'm yeah. big on psychology. It's an interesting subject to me. So this, uh, as kind of Alana just said, this is going to be uh, the second part of episode two, Growing Up Gothard. We deemed it sister moms. It's going to deep into the discipline and the parentification buddy systems, quiver pool a little bit, uh, a little bit of everything as far as like what makes a uh, IBLP slash Duggar kid so well behaved. Um, again, uh, this series, I kind of feel like it's important to put this at the head of the episode. The child abuse hotline is 800-843-5678. Again, that's 800-843-5678. If you see something, please say something yeah you may be the only lifeline for the show and even if you think what you saw uh wasn't what you think it was still say something it's better to say something and be wrong than to be right and not say something at all exactly okay so we're gonna go a little, little bit of a recap right now um the last time we discussed ati curriculum and a little bit about the iblp again we talked about your countenance and what that means. Um, what and then that? again, um, the uh, all of this is based off of the documentary "Shiny Happy People: Duggar Family Secrets." It's available on Amazon Prime. It's an Amazon original. It's directed by Julie Willoughby Nason and Olivia Christ, and um, most of the information is from there or just from stuff that we've dug up on the internet. Um, there's another podcast that I listen to quite a bit called Digging Up the Duggers, which is very deep dive. If you want to listen to like every extreme deep dive on this that ever was, is that one. Uh, it's very hard to listen. I will give you that. Um, I have listened to it some, but I definitely have to take <laughs> refresh or, or palate cleansing breaks from it because it is definitely intense. Mm. Okay, so let's start with buddies. Buddies. So if we go to the quote from Gothard on this particular subject of buddies, he says the older ones need to be trained because the older ones take care of the younger ones. Yeah, I think the scripture actually says women, which is not a a child. Women take care of their children and all this and then the other. So I don't know why he's saying that other children need to be taken care of their siblings. Well, and I think it was your friend Eve that you love so much. Uh, Eve Eddington? Eddington, I believe. Um, she said it, with the sheer amount of children, it is impossible for you to parent the uh, parent them individually. Eddinger, yes. Eddinger, yes. I'm and sorry. And it would be Eve impossible. I, I have four kids. Um, I have two. So, <laughs> I know, have one of those two. Yeah. It, if, for families the size of the Duggars, or even actually a fraction of that size, I, I could totally see how they would need help, but they go way overboard with this whole thing. Well, I'm one of five, and I'm the second to youngest of five. And I can tell you right now, my older sister was as much a mom to me as my mom was. And my younger brother, the one that was just younger than me, he was, I mean, I bathed him, I diapered him, I, I walked, rocked him to sleep. I did all of that as, and I was, I was nine years older than him. I started when we, we actually adopted him when he was two and that's when I started. Wow. Yeah. yeah. You're the youngest biologically. Yeah. I'm the youngest biological mm-hmm. child. He was actually my cousin, but he was my brother. Mm-hmm. So the quiverful moment is a twist on the Bible verse saying that uh, a man is blessed by his children. Blessed is he who has his quiver full of them, basically. Um, They've taken that to mean that you are to have as many children as absolutely possible. Yeah. And that's not necessarily what what it means. Um, So that that one's definitely um, an interesting 
thing. So parentification basically means uh, where you take a child and you take that child. Right oh, here. you do? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Um, when a child is regularly expected to provide emotional or practical support for a patient, patient, parent, instead of receiving that support themselves or in place of the parent. Or in place of the parent. So yeah, there's, there's two different types. There's instrumental and then there's emotional. And then there's another two types underneath those. It's, uh, where is it? There's parent-focused and sibling-focused, which the Duggars are sibling-focused. Yes. So the way that the way that Michelle um, says it is she says that the baby is my buddy until it is weaned. And then at that point, it moves on to another buddy. And the way that she does the buddy is she has the older child who has these other children underneath it. And they take turns taking on a buddy. So starting from the oldest, the oldest one was born. And then, you know, they, starting with Josh, he was responsible until an older enough daughter came along to be able to uh, take over for him, basically. Yeah. And then the daughters were the buddies. They were the buddy leaders. Right. And they could have anywhere from three to five, five children underneath their care in their buddy system. And those were their buddies. They made sure they ate. They made sure they were cleaned. They made sure they did their chores. They made sure, you know... Everything but discipline. So they parented yeah. them. They parented them. Yeah. Yes. So you caring see... for siblings instead of a parent. Housekeeping as in cleaning, cleaning, cooking, grocery shopping. Uh, this one doesn't really fit under the Duggars, but I put it in there anyways. Uh, paying bills slash other household tasks. And then the emotional is like mediating between a parent and a family member. Uh basically being your uh, parent's therapist. That's very um, dangerous. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the sibling focused uh, specifically, uh, this is word for word from the website I found, um, the child slash teen has taken a caregiving role towards a sibling slash siblings. Yeah. So, and it is traumatic. It is very traumatic. Keep in mind, the these are kids taking care of kids. These are not, these are like 14 year olds. Uh, young taking adults care of like taking care kids. of kids. These are kids taking no, care of kids. No, these are like nine, eight, nine, ten year olds taking yeah. care of these are infants. these are babies taking care well, of babies. Like yeah. one of the ladies, I believe it her, her name was Brooke. Brooke Arnold said, you know, has anybody thought about the eleven year old child who has a baby in the bed with her? Does she have yeah. needs? Does she need school? Does she, you know, what does she need? Right. Maybe exactly. she doesn't need a baby laying in the bed with her. I mean, 11 years old, you know? Yeah, exactly. There's no childhood when that happens. There's none. Absolutely none. It doesn't exist. So after we, after we get that, um, quiverful explanation and the Gothard quote out of the way, um, the documentary goes into this video and in this video, there is a pastor, and I'm going to grab his name real quick. Um, oh, I know. Oh, man. <laughs> is it the pastor, pastor we like? Or? Pat, no. no. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is Pastor Bill Ligon. Oh, gosh. And he says, he sounds creepy. He said, if somebody here has a little boy, they can loan me a, a, so I can oh. show you how to spank, spank a little boy and bless him at the same time. That was so that terrible. That one. And so somebody actually let their child. He looks like he's. Go like on to six stage or seven mm -hmm. with this. this man who bends him across his lap and pats him gently on the butt and keeps touching his butt the whole time. And he's going, you know, even when he's not like actually quote unquote pretends banking him, he's just got his hand resting on this child's uh -huh. bottom, which which was really kind of creepy. It was really creepy. And then, so then he's like pretending to spank him, you know, just patting him on the bottom saying, you know, daddy really loves you and you're going to grow up to be a big, strong, brave man, blah, 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 blah. He says, and you know, this he is says, da, 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 da. God's hand is on your life, son, while he's spanking him. Yeah. Uh -huh. It's like, so wow. Then the little boy gets up and he's like, okay, now give daddy, give quote unquote daddy a hug because uh -huh. he was pretending to be the father. Give daddy a hug. And then he's like, no, son, I don't think your heart was into that hug. Let's spank some more until you until you can give me a proper hug. Yeah, yeah. see, that that is, oh my gosh, that's so damaging. I, I just can't even begin. Would, yeah. And I think at least all of us uh, in our lives have been spanked at least once by our parents. Yes. Yeah. 
And I mean, like I know I have. I know you have. I don't know about right. And yes. I know with you, I like have. with us, with us, we had made the conscious decision. Of to if stop. we did, we did make the conscious decision to stop. Yeah. We realized what we were doing was wrong um, at that point. Uh, but also when we were doing it, it was, we never did it when we were angry. It was for things yeah. like when you touched a stove or, you know, things that we yeah. like would put in imminent danger on your life. I don't think I got, I don't, I don't remember getting spanked when I accidentally kicked out that window. No, because you, <laughs> I thought, I, I thought your foot was cut off. That's why. <laughs> but I think I did get spanked for, um, going behind one of the recliners and eating a whole tub of cake frosting. Yeah. I can't remember if you got spanked for that or not, I but I, you either. were so sick and I was just like, okay. Mm. But anyway, um, so yeah. Um, but spanking just itself is traumatizing, but it being like that where it's a repetitive thing and then like being punished for something so, so minuscule as not giving a good enough hug to your parent. Well, and that rolls me into Michael and Debbie Pearl. Ooh. And as Eve Eddington, is that right? Edding, Eddinger. Eddinger. The way is, is Eve Eddinger says, uh, Michael Pearl is a motherfucker. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what she says. She just said it flat out, him and his wife. So Michael Pearl, Michael Pearl um, and Debbie Pearl created a book on punishment. And the way that they did it was they were very much so into the uh, breaking will, breaking of will, but not just that. They were actually they also had the blanket. No, no, no. We'll get to that oh, in a okay. little bit. That's a little bit different. So, Michael, the quote, up. the quote from Michael Pearl says, "We punish him, punish him, punish him with a rod severely. If he screams oh. too far to, too hard at first. Wait sometimes because psychological terror is more effective than pain. Did you hear that statement? More effective than pain. That tells you how them getting into your mind as a child or an adult and messing around with that part of you is more effective than actually hitting you. They're basically saying, so let their kid, let your kids fear you because if they don't fear you, they won't, they won't listen to you. Yes. And so what he says, he says there, and one of the things, a lot of what he teaches is how to spank because it's just as important how you do it as it is why you do it. And so the how is because he taught methods of, of physical punishment, corporal punishment, that would be where it wouldn't be, um, you wouldn't get in trouble with uh, the police or officers. He's basically showing you how to do it in the most severe manner without getting in trouble, which is disturbing. It's mm -hmm. how much it's, this is how much you can get away with abusing your kid without getting in trouble with the law. And so this is where the, Full quote from little Josie that everybody sees uh, instant obedience where she slaps her hands together mm -hmm. as hard as she can. The full quote she says is instant obedience to initial prompting of God's spirit. Yeah. Which as the two, she couldn't have been more than two. She still had that little, little baby kind of voice. And she, I mean, I think she might've been two well, and a half. The fact is that she's learned that, and that may be something they yeah. say to them after, you know, before or after they, spank them that's a mm -hmm. that's a learned behavior especially that anger movement and michelle is quoted not too long after that in the in the documentary of saying i'm not going to let you disobey oh hold on wait a minute <clears throat> i'm not going to let you disobey so what you need to do is honor do you see how they like twist words and meanings of words like amy says which is the niece she says when the interviewer asked her if she ever witnessed um her cousins get spanked with a rod she's got tears rolling down her face mm -hmm. and she says they called it encouragement and they would say do you need encouragement and she said but then they would say in the sweetest voice ever like do you need encouragement i think you need encouragement and then they would get encouragement yeah, mm -hmm. which is I would never call a spanking encouragement. Right? <laughs> no, that's just that's no. A, if anything, it was it's a, a discouragement. Yeah. So 
one thing that Jill says at, at this point is having a voice about what you think and how you feel and being able to voice and say no about things was stifled and not encouraged in the IBLSP setting and my family. So stifled and not encouraged means it was basically beaten out of them or again, that psychological abuse. Right. Yeah. Um, one of the, one of the ladies, and I can't remember, I can't picture her right now. So I don't remember which one of the ladies it was said that, um, when she saw the children, she didn't see quiet, well-behaved children. She saw broken spirits. Yes. And then another quote from Michael motherfucking Pearl says the rules and techniques for training a human and an animal are the same. Spank your child with extreme measures and not get in trouble with the police. Which I wouldn't even treat a rabid animal the way they treat their kids. Exactly. So, um, that goes into all of that. And then we have what, um, blanket training. Blanket training. Blanket training is probably one of the most horrific and upsetting and terrible things that, um, I've witnessed and heard of. And um, just going back to like, even as I was coming out of this, there was still a lot of fundamentalists, not all fundamentalists are bad. We will say that, but there was still a lot of fundamentalist families that were very big into this, um, into this uh, uh, type of encouragement and stuff and these trainings and things. And I remember one of the, um, I had joined a website that one of my friends was like, you've got to join it. It's a parenting website. You're going to love this. And, it was during my recovery process. My kids were littles Mm -hmm. and I joined it and I read like three or four of the posts and I quit immediately and I could never go back. And what got me was the one, this blanket training stuff was encouraged in there, Mm -hmm. but also they would talk about how they would sneak up behind their kids randomly and just smack them. Mm -hmm. Wow. Because they said that your child need to know to fear you at all times. Yeah. See, and they're talking like, babies like tired yes. toddlers babies Not pull it up year. barely toddling and walking in the show it installing says, those impairment eve edinger says it's like a a baby like maybe six months old they put them on this small blanket they mm-hmm. take a toy that the baby wants and whenever the and set it just offside the blanket and whenever the baby reaches for that toy they hit them yeah and anytime they that child reaches mm-hmm. for something they want they hit them Anytime they're not looking straight at the mother and paying attention to the mother, um, that's what they would do. And so like Michelle's quoted it, Michelle, she never actually admitted in her books as to hitting her kids, but she said corrected them. Uh And she said she would, and then in the documentary, she's quoted as saying, okay, we're going to practice obey mama. And she said that um, she, she calls would it say, blanket time. Yeah, yeah, blanket time. Okay, and we're she, gonna go have blanket time. Get your blanket and let's your go. toy. She let's, says that and your to- and pick out your mama. toy. Let's go mm-hmm. learn how to obey mama. Exactly. And so she'd be like, "Okay, sit still. Look at mama. Look up here. No wiggles. And uh, sit still. Listen to mama. See the reason why they're doing that." is she is getting them ready for those unspoken rules we talked about on the last cast. Yes, yes, That's what she's teaching them. You have to know what I want by looking at me. That's what she's teaching them. She's also preparing them for the parentification, too, because a big thing about parentification is not only is it traumatic, its biggest trauma is relationships. Mm Mm-hmm. So it gives the child relationship trauma via breaking the relationship between the parent and child, as well as generating chronic stress due to lack of support. And it gives them anger. It help. It does not help with their emotional or anger regulation. I mean, well, they're not allowed to have any other emotion. Yeah. I mean, they're supposed to smile but all the time. Like we learned just, that last episode. Just yeah. And look from you in the eye. Yeah. Uh, and then not to mention it like enhances underlying traumas it's like uh depression anxiety an eating disorder substance use and it's just it's terrifying so um you may know this and i didn't write her name down uh, the red-headed lady um heather heath the long red hair 
longer red hair. The one who was a, a wife who went into it, a new mother. I did not. Have I did. Okay. I didn't catch her name, though. but she said, believing your bodies belong to the church, to the authorities that be, it's absolutely designed to groom victims to be ready for more predators later on as young adults. Yes. Everything about it sets you up to be the perfect victim. Yes. Um, and here's that quote you were just talking about from Gothard. The way to be free is to learn the wishes of your authority. Yeah. And that's what they're teaching those babies on those blankets. Ugh. They're teaching them how to follow those social cues. And just those poor kids, dude. But like, I mean, they're even in a situation where parentification occurs due to I'm going to use the word worldly families having all this abuse and all these things going on in their house. That's not IBLP, but older siblings will take the younger sibling and protect them Uh and make sure they have something to eat and all of that. Even in a non-religious setting, it is just Just, terrible. Just as dangerous. Yeah. It doesn't even have to be religion. Like you just said, Jay, Um, it can be from like, the parents not getting along or being divorced. It can be um, cultural background. It can be a monetary background. I mean, I have a lot of friends that live with aunts and uncles and cousins all under one house, and they're having to take care of their younger cousins because all of their parents and aunts and uncles are out working one or two jobs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, not just religion. this is this is not let me just make this clear this is not babysitting yeah no there's this a difference between babysitting and parents a kid babysitting right this is a ch- a child taking on the role of a mother right or yeah. father right that's what this is making sure that it's, their younger sibling or in your case the niece yeah. or nephew cousins are fed and they have you know their medicine and they have clothes and they have they're bathed and they're you know it's different like if mom's cooking dinner and she says hey can you go throw the kid in the tub yeah yeah or sit with the kid while they're in the tub you know it's different it's different than that uh going to your aunts and watching over your younger cousin while your aunt and uncle go on a date yeah that's way different uh, this is every day, all day long. You are the responsible adult from the you time that child is awake than... till that time that child is asleep. Yeah. yeah. And I think on that one, the very first episode of Shiny Happy People, um, whenever they announced the the uh, pregnancy, positive <laughs> the pregnancy test kid. of the 20th kid. And all the other, all kids, the other looked... kids' faces were like, oh, my goodness. They I mean, just looked Dead. more you, you responsibility think, yeah you just see it on their face like oh great whose turn well, is it to get a buddy like yeah. Jill at the beginning when they're practicing their their uh their violin she says smile everybody you don't want to look like you're mad or something yeah yeah and there's that there's that countenance training <laughs> yeah so um i think we're gonna go ahead and stop um and take a break and then we'll come back and when we come back We're going to talk about some quotes from Chad Harris about his mother being his number one abuser. Yeah. All right. We'll be back. And we're back. Okay. So... Chad Harris uh, said that his mom was his primary abuser. And he said he had a memory of a time where his mother had him in the bathroom at the church spanking him for for over an hour. And she said, and he said, yeah, one hour. Wow. And he said that um, one of his mom's friends was in there saying, oh, that, that sweet boy. And she, he said that his mom said, well, I have to break his will. And he said that this is told as a funny story in his family, and it was funny to everyone but him. Of course it would be. He bore the brunt of it. Yep. And so then we go to the the, um, husband and wife. The husband has the red curly hair. I can't think of his name. uh, He was talking about how... I felt so bad for him. He Uh was talking about how he was... um, All these poor people. I just wish I could give them all a hug. The... I know, me too. He was talking about the patriarchal teachings of the IBLP allowed the control of 
protection that allows a predator to flourish. And that's what it did for his dad. His dad was arrested for sexually assaulting a minor. And the IBLP supported his mother to bring his father, who was a convicted of the sexual assault, back into their home. And he said, made the comment that things like this are swept under the rug. Okay. I can testify that is 100% true. I mean, there were times where things happened that would blow up other people's minds. I mean, sexual assault. Yeah. We had a doctor who would give the young girls diet pills because. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> because he wanted. I mean, like we so many of them were anorexic because yeah. he was he was giving out diet pills like a Pez dispenser to 14 year olds. And the purpose was what? To make sure that they stayed skinny and attractive and young looking. Oh my gosh. Yep. Because apparently that's... I mean, and again, you know, going back to what I said last episode, or last part, I guess, of this episode, you know, your entire drive is to be a wife, to find a husband, to make babies. You're on a time... And like Eve said, you're on a timeline. There's babies to be had, you know. If you're not... Married by thirty and have your first baby. If you're not oh, married by, by twenty five and have your first twenty five, no, are you kidding? You're talking 18. eighteen. Yeah, eighteen twenties. When yeah. you hit twenty, they want to know what's wrong with you and why you're not married. Yeah, or have a baby yet if you mm-hmm. are married. I don't think it was Eve that said that. I think it was that man's wife with the curly yeah. hair that oh was, that, that said that. Father. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I so, think that's who that was. Which, that's kind of what you went through. So let's, you you got married at eighteen. I did marry, and then you had me, your oldest, at twenty-one. Oh, 21. Mm-hmm. And I had some, and I had two years between getting married and having you. So there was mm-hmm. a lot of, oh well, when are you going to have a grandchild? When are you going to have a baby? Never I, to this day now, I will never say that to a couple because. Yeah. It's none of your business is because. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or, it's none or of your when business. when you were pregnant. What's the baby going to be? What are you hoping for? Are you hoping for a girl? Are you hoping for a boy? Now, we'll kind of ask that because I get excited. Yeah. I'm like, I get well, excited yeah, there, for all. There's a difference between being excited and being like really, really nosy. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, I mean, like people randomly coming up and putting their hands on your belly like yeah. it's their right. Do not touch me. Yeah. Do not touch me. Yeah. Well, if I invite a touch from you, that's one thing. But do not just randomly walk up and touch me. Huh. Like I bought my I bought my husband this shirt one time and Jay, you know my husband and of course yes. Alana's your dad. Yeah. And it said, Do not touch me. And this random old lady comes up to him. She was probably about seventy five in Walmart and looks at him and goes, I have to now and just put her hand on his arm and then walked away. And I've never seen a man have to restrain himself from hitting someone in all my life. Like, he was just, like, flabbergasted, this random woman, because his shirt said, do not touch me, walked up and touched him. Mm-hmm. And he's a, he is not a people person. Well, he's not a people person, but he's also very passive. Yeah. He's, and so for him to even look like he was going to try, like, he wanted to hit someone was just, like, and well, he didn't want to be touched. He didn't want to be touched. No. That's why he, like, he never wore that shirt again because he didn't want to invite someone to think that they had the right to come up and touch him. Yeah. You know? So. Mm. But. Um, he, he's a very uh, personal person. Yes. He loves his personal space. He loves. And he loves big. S- so yeah. he's very protective of his heart because he loves big. Yeah. yeah. So he doesn't have a lot of friends and stuff. But the friends he does have. He loves them. He will go out on a limb for them. Like like a major like one. Like our uncle. Yeah. Um but anyway, let's yeah. we're getting off the topic here. So, um courtship was a thing. Yes, it said Gothard actually said elevate dating to courtship. He said elevate it. Elevate dating to courtship. So, and I don't know about you guys, but it feels like everything with a Gothard is you will be better than everybody else if you do what I say. Unless it's him. And then you're never better than he is. He didn't even follow what he told people. So he's a giant hypocrite. So, and and that's what's so funny about all this is all this stuff that he's saying, he is a bachelor. Again, he's a bachelor, (laughs) unmarried, no No children, no children. And so it reminded me of this thing because I was thinking the other day, I was like, why does he sound so familiar? Why does he sound so familiar? So, and this is hilarious because he would have called this witchcraft, but in The Patchwork Girl of Oz by by L. Frank Baum, he's the author of The Wizard of Oz, okay? Mm -hmm. He wrote this book back in July 1st of 1913. This is well before Gothard, okay? 
So in this book, they visit this town uh, called the Horners. And the patchwork girl is meeting Mr. Horner, and she happens to see this line of little girls all sitting on the other round, and they're sitting there, and there's 19 girls. Oh. Okay. Okay. All right. And they're all sitting in a row, and they're, and, and so he introduced him. He says, these, said the chief, are my sweet daughters. My dear, I introduce you to Mrs. Scraps Patchwork, a lady who is traveling in foreign parts to increase her store of wisdom. Hmm. It says the 19 Horner girls all rose and made a polite curtsy, after which they resumed their seats and rearranged the robes properly. Why do they sit so still and all in a row, asked Scraps. Because it's ladylike and proper, replied the chief. But some are just children, poor things. Don't they run around and play and laugh and have a good time? No, indeed, said the chief. That would be improper. In young ladies, as well in those who will sometimes become young ladies. My daughters are being brought up according to the rules and regulations laid down by a leading bachelor who has given the subject much study and is himself a man of taste and culture. Oh my gosh. Politeness in his great hobby. Politeness is his great hobby. And he claims that if a child is allowed to be, I'm sorry, if a child is allowed to do an impolite thing, one cannot expect that grown person to do any better. Oh my gosh. Is it impolite to romp and shout and be jolly, asked Scraps? Well, sometimes it is, and sometimes it isn't, replied Horner after considering the question. By curbing such inclinations in my daughters, we keep them on the safe side. Once in a while, I make a good joke, as you have heard, and then I permit my daughters to laugh decorously, but they are never allowed to make a jo joke themselves. Oh my gosh. So they're not allowed to have a life. That old bachelor who made the rules ought to be skinned alive, declared Scraps. Yes. So that's from a book from 1913. 1913. And this is in the 60s, 80s. 70s, 80s that, that Gothard's saying that. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I could, I, like and I said, I kept thinking. I'm just going to tell you. I'm I just tell kept you, thinking. I have to tell you guys something. I mean, again, I've got four children. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Most of the time, if you were to come to my home, when my children were small, I have a small one right now, as a matter of fact. If you were to come to my home, my kids were going to look very, um, I don't know how to describe it. Relaxed. Well, tribal. Peace. I mean, their hair has got <laughs> hair chalk in it. They've got makeup on their face. It looks horrible. They're running around. They're screaming. They're, they, you know, they're running around outside in the backyard and all this other stuff. And when you see those kids just sitting there and doing and saying and being and sitting and doing and saying and being all of these things that their parents want and in turn Gothard or whoever they're following want, it is so sad because mm -hmm. my kids were barefooted, crazy running exactly. kids. I we mean, were, even I even, was too. Even as much as my parents were fed into the like IBLP, which they didn't. Let me pre let me clarify this because my parents didn't say they were IBLP, but the idealisms, a lot of it is exactly yes, the same. Exactly. So that's why I say it's IBLP based. But even with all that, you know, we ran around barefoot. We, you know, we had to do all of our chores and stuff. Like we had to make sure farm. everything was done. I mean, it was a mini farm, but also, you know, everybody helped. Zoo farm. <laughs> right. But. When I still got to be them, a, I, I still got too, to yeah. be a kid, you know, for most yeah. of my childhood. Like there was like there was times most of the time that I still did get to be a kid. These like Alana and Alana's sister listen, I let them run around like heathens. Like like Alana said yeah. that time she did a flip on my bed and put her foot through a plate glass window. Yeah. I mean, barefoot. <laughs> barefoot. Like I've got pictures of them standing on tables in the background well, and I stuff. Mean, so we have you know. we have rules, but we also know like it's what, okay to have fun you know, and for make kids mistakes. to have crazy dance party in the living room, sliding around, making a tent in the living room, and all that stuff. I don't see any of that life happening in the Duggar no no household according to our notes that we have here. I don't see anything like that happening. Mm -hmm. You guys have watched the show. Did you ever see a, a blanket tent? A blanket no. fort? No. No, never saw I saw, saw lots fort. of young girls cleaning. I saw young lots that one poor little girl that does all of their laundry. Jessa. I think. Jessa. Oh my gosh. The, the one the one girl that clean. cleans mom and dad's bedroom for them. I mean what is Michelle doing other than baking babies? Which makes me not want them to change the sheets. 
That's just Ooh, gross. That is kind of gross. It's like, um, can somebody else do that, please? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the girls were always doing the house chores, and the guys were always, like, cutting up firewood or working on the lawn, because they lived on acres of land, too. Exactly. And so, going back to courtship, because we did we mm-hmm. did kind of skip over that. So Can we talk let... about the Duggars courtship? Yeah, well, that's part of this, too. It's going to be in there. So, with the Duggars, they only allowed side hugs. They had to have a chaperone, and they saved their first kiss. Even when they kiss, were engaged. Yep. Even when they are engaged. And they saved their first kiss for marriage. So, I have a funny story about this. Cause, so, we had been out of the cult portion of it and for a little while. Oh, are you talking about you and Dad? No. Oh. So, we had been out of the cult portion for a little while, and um, I had my first boyfriend. And my first boyfriend <laughs> kissed me. We were kissing. And... Um, oh. And... <laughs> He he bit my tongue or something like when we were French kissing, you know, we were we were were wild. We were French kissing and he bit my tongue or something and it was bleeding. Drew blood. And my mom lost her mind. Oh, really? Screaming at him, screaming at him, screaming at his mom, saying that he was making me experience things that she wasn't ready for me to experience yet. She wasn't ready for you. That's what she said? That's what she said. She wasn't ready. I was experiencing things she wasn't ready for me to experience yet. Lost her mind. So then, anytime I talked to him or my current husband, of course, this was back in the day. So we Mm -hmm. had AOL. That was the only kind of social (laughs) interaction I had was on AOL. Yeah, didn't y'all meet on AOL? Yeah which is America online for you babies, um, internet service. <laughs> my mom literally sat almost in my lap reading over my shoulder, every conversation that I had Ooh. and everything that was said between me and everybody else, anybody I talked to my mom and she, sometimes she'd be like, Oh, tell him this, you know? I mean, like she was kind of living through you. Yeah. yeah she yeah. was, but she was chaperoning quote unquote sitting, uh-huh. sitting there I, chaperoning. I me. remember y'all said it was either you or dad told a story. Uh, y'all were, either dating or engaged i think y'all were dating because y'all weren't engaged for very long um y'all were in the back of the truck with your dad Mm -hmm. and he was driving down a specific street in our town and he went down the wrong street because he was too busy watching y'all in the room he ran off the road oh (laughs) he Full on, ran off the road, missed the curb, and completely went in the grass and gravel. To make sure y'all weren't holding hands or something, if I remember correctly. Oh, no, he, he thought he thought that I had something else going on. So, I was just thinking. Um, so, um, yeah, yeah, we, so basically, um, that's chaperoning, and that's my experience with chaperoning, but I mean, I was chaperoning, chaperoning. like, when we were in the cults, I was chaperoning couples, and as, as a, you know, prepubescent kid, <laughs> and stuff, I didn't understand any of it, um, so, the thing about it is, is, like, and it, it was really cringy, I hate this quote, it's, uh, hold on, I've got to silence the, the cat, I hate this, I hate this quote from Jim Bob, because he was talking, trying to have this, like, quote-unquote sex ed talk with Josh. Oh, I hate this part. And, oh, and he was quite a quote unquote sex ed, and it was in the night of his wedding, which obviously, you know, Josh knew enough about this because of the fact that oh he had already gosh. been molesting for years at this point. When- and he says, he goes, it's kind of like Legos. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the most cringy quote ever. It's kind of like Legos. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, but, poor Michelle. Um, dang. <laughs> yeah. But, um, Looking back on it now, knowing about Josh's history, you're looking at him and you see him trying to go, oh, like, like, oh, I know. And his dad keeps interrupting Josh. Yes, he does. You're right. Josh said something during that talk with his dad. He's like, I have a working model. I wanted to puke. Yeah, Yeah. I'm going to have a working model. It's like you're disgusting. So it goes back to the the one lady, the long red haired lady that came into it as a new mom, no mother. She said, you know, I did everything right. I fended off all these advances. I saved myself for my wedding night. I had no sex ed. I didn't know what to expect or anything like that. And then I ended up feeling like I was raped three no, times. No, she did not no, say feelings. She, she said, said, I was raped three times on my wedding night. Yeah. 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 And so she said, you know, she tried to, you know, dig into this community of these IBLP women that had like 10 plus children and all these other things and ask them, you know, 
what, what should I do? What am I doing? She said they would tell her that it was her duties and responsibilities. And if you do better as a wife, um, and mother, if you do better as a wife, you you will save your marriage. Well, she's also the one that said that the, the husbands can spank the wives. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's actually next on my note. If the baby doesn't sleep through the night, I, I need that baby to sleep through the night because if the baby doesn't sleep through the night, there will be violence because there's no age limit on spanking. Yes. If you look at, and she said that they had, she had to call her husband, my lordship or sir. Um, uh, I, and might. that was part of her domestic discipline contract that she had to sign. Yeah. They have a domestic discipline contract. So if they have a fight or an argument or she's displeased him in some way, there's, they have this contract that tells them how to make up basically. And, and, yeah. and if there will be sex afterwards. Right. It's so she, awful. the quote she says is you, uh, they inflict pain until you have the submissive confession. The oppressor wants. Yeah. Yeah. Which another unspoken, which is called thing. torture. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And so, you know, she, she, her husband was extremely abusive. Um, and she just basically kept being encouraged just to, deal with it yeah, and, because and if, if she was a if she did better as a wife then she would um then she wouldn't be able to keep that stuff from happening well it's basically. like what you just said she was encouraged what did they call encouragement in the duggar household it exactly. was a spanking exactly it was ridiculous yep and so um it yeah. really cracked me up because then then our our beloved eve uh, mm -hmm. she Jim comes on and she says the audacity of Jim Bob Duggar that he had so much control that they had a camera crew in his home and their kids were not going to betray the truth of what yeah. things were happening. Yeah. Well, the kids don't have to betray the truth. The camera does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you know what you're looking for, yeah. yes, it does. Like it, yeah, if you've been true. in that situation, like, I mean, because it was so glorified, romanticized. Well, you know who have yeah. been in that situation. Mm -hmm. You know what they looked like in that situation. I mean, I will admit, back when I watched it before, I was like, oh, this is so nice and refreshing and yeah. peaceful. And then, but now I look back at it and I see, like, really see and see where the things that I thought were okay because they were being done to me mm -hmm. were okay yeah. as an adult. So. Yeah, me too. I remember watching it as a kid. Uh, going, oh, I like it because it's what I see in my family. But now I watch it and I go, oh, that's what my family was like. Exactly. And so go back to the Jim Bob quote where he's talking about touching over the clothes. They continue on with that where he goes on and says, and, you know, we've talked to other families and similar things had happened in their families. Like it justified it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As if it just as if it, it justified it. So and, and speaking of Jim. Bob or Jim, Jim Bob. Okay. Um, in the courting, he had a, what was it? 40 page? 45 page. 45 page. 45 page application to court one of his daughters. Yeah. yeah. But you didn't have that for the men. Just, just saying. <laughs> so the, um, the person that was over, Oh, I'm sorry. At this point in time, to try and save the show, uh, Jim Bob hired Chad Gallagher as his PR guy, and he was at all the meetings and everything to try and save the show. Um, he's the one that Chad Gallagher is the one that set up the interview with Megan Kelly, where Jill and Jessa went on and tried to downplay the abuse, downplay uh, their abuse. Um, Jill which, quoted that she felt like she was bearing the burden to make things better. Yeah, which you know, um, their dad met up with them before they went and had that interview and said, this is exactly what you're going to say. Yes, exactly. And so Derek said, uh, Jill's husband, Derek says it was a suicide mission. He said, you're going to destroy yourself and take the fall so we can carry on the show forward because the show cannot fail. And then it failed anyway. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, Which, and that's where, again, I put that they were trauma tallying because they said, well, what we had happened was so mild to what mm -hmm. happens to some other people. Exactly. And then that's also where you find out that when, that Jill was not asleep when Josh touched her, she, she actually, actually woke up and hit him. Yeah. That's what Amy says. The yeah. niece. 
she's like she has such tenacity mm-hmm. and strength like she says it so admiringly yeah. am i the only one in the room that hopes she hit him where it counted oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I oh hope yeah she gave him a full-on punch to the nutsack oh yeah not pecans nuts <laughs> <laughs> so the thing about it is is like when it happened and it was posted online there was all these people in the comment section which you know we all know there's trolls and we all know there's people in comment sections that are terrible mm-hmm. saying everyone makes mistakes i just want to barf want to hear that because they don't keep making mistake. them over and over and over it's and over, not and over a mistake. again mistake. you make a conscious decision in your mind to go in there and assault somebody that Amen. is not a mistake that that's, is not a mistake that's a choice it, that's it's like saying it's, it is a choice, but it is like, oh, it's just gross. That's like saying, and at like this point, serial killers mistake or something. I don't know what I was going to say. At, the, <laughs> at this point, Jill comes and she says, it didn't save anything. It wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. Right. And so uh, Jim Bob was clawing to get the show back. TCL's like, TLC's like, eh, we can't do it on you and the kids in the house. That's a little too close to ground zero. So they said, Okay, but we can go with the older kids, Jill and Jessa. And that's when they created and, Counting On. And, and on, Anna was which, in that. Yeah, which of the weddings? Was it Jill's wedding that he had them sign a contract that they didn't even get to look over? He's just here signing a That's, I believe, with? in the next episode where they talk mm-hmm. about the contract and how it was kind of snuck in on them. Yeah. I didn't watch the fourth episode, so it's not that one. It was the third one. Okay, so then it was probably during all this then. Uh, basically, oh, wait, no, we're on the second episode still. <laughs> yeah, we're still on the second episode. So, yeah, it's the next one. I'm My pretty bad. sure it's the next <laughs> one. So, um, Jill says that um, she didn't want to do the show, but she never had to, but she had never said no to her family before. And so she didn't feel like she could. And she said, if I said no, I'm not obeying my parents and bad things are going to happen to me. Yep. Ultimate destruction. Uh Yep. And so that's kind of the end of my notes here. Is it, is it, um, is it that same episode where, uh, I think it's the second episode where Jim Bob mentioned, um, that even his and Michelle's parents uh, didn't want them to have more children. Yes. Yes. It was like, that they episode. Sh- they showed, uh, they showed a They're clip They're like, of, oh, are you done? Are you done now? Uh-huh. Are you done now? And then they showed the clip of them uh, showing, uh, I don't remember which side of the family, but. It was, I, I, was a, I believe it was her dad where they're showing yeah. the baby and it, I think it was Johanna. No, I think it was Josie. It was Josie. Was it Josie? Yeah. Uh, it was Josie and they're It was one of the J names because huh, that covers them all. Yeah. <laughs> They're showing yeah. the baby to him, and he's just sitting there staring at it like they're well, handing him a slip of paper. So come to find out, and I've got a little background on this part, thanks to Digging Up the Duggars um, podcast. The father, the reason why he's just standing there and sitting there. Oh, yeah, he's got. Um, he had severe dementia. Yeah. Okay. And so they kept saying, like, they wouldn't say it, and they wouldn't say it. Like, Michelle kept saying, well, he's just not well right now. And her sister kept saying, well, he's just not well right yeah. now. And then the season, I, knew, the, I knew that. Even. And then Denise is like, well, he has dementia, so. Yeah. <laughs> he's not going to be well. Yeah. That's a terrible disease. It is a terrible disease. But and it's very hard. I, yes, I know. Even, I mean, that's the clip they showed. But it is true that, like, their mothers and the other. The family members didn't. They did not want them to keep having children. Well, they didn't Michelle, feel like it was safe Michelle from Michelle's was body. Like Forty or something. Well, or, I mean, okay, that's you, true. But I mean, you can't really I, tell somebody how many kids they should or shouldn't have. I mean, that's kind of their thing. Yeah, that's yeah. their choice at that point. The reason behind them having children, more children, you know, there's questionable motive, and but so also, it's not yeah. necessarily. But also, if they had what they say, gotten, gotten into the show. Jim Bob would have, if they hadn't gotten in with TLC and made the specials and everything, Jim Bob would have gone back to working three jobs. And what if they kept having children after that? They would have. Well, and see, this goes back to a, a, a quote that Cause not all I can actually can give you where a personally experienced where a child was, uh, parents were divorced and the child voiced a, a request to live with one of the other parents and the parent that he was currently 
living with said, well, you can't, you can't move out. Cause if you do, we'll lose the house because that's how much they relied on the child support payments. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, to me, it's the same kind of thing. There. I mean, we can't really, we could, oh, we can't really speculate, but I mean, you just can't like tell somebody how many kids or they should or should not have. You know what I mean? Like, it's well, a hard no, I mean, subject. as far as like the show though, the TLC yeah. show, like what 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 Alana they was saying, in they on babies. Yeah, yeah. They, what Alana was saying, they they if they lost the show, they weren't going to lose their livelihood, basically. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so, I mean, never mind all the books, never mind all the, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, so uh, I. One of the things that I read somewhere, and I'll have to verify this next time, next podcast, is that uh, Jim Bob had cashed in uh, over a million, I want to say, dollars in revenue in one of the he, years that, he took, that the show uh, was on. Counting on, he took all of Jill and Jess's yeah, money. Yeah, that's going to be in part of the next show. Yeah. But I mean, as far as like per year with that. But we're running out of time. Um, anything before we go? Not mm, that I can think no. of. I'm probably mm. not gonna do. The don't last let two don't let though. your boyfriend uh bite you on the tongue when you're kissing. Yeah, because your mama might flip out. Yeah, because yeah. she ain't ready for she you. She flipped to have out that. over the littlest stuff. <laughs> Didn't <laughs> I get did. gum in my hair once? And we yes. had to cut it, and oh then my she gosh. threw a fit for months. Do you remember the pictures where she cut your bangs? <laughs> she had my bangs. <laughs> you had bangs, and they were less than an inch long. No, I, she had cut. No, she cut them. No, I thought I cut them. No, this is when you were littler. Your bangs are like, you're oh. sitting there and you have just like this little, like little bitty fringe that's like like two inches above your eyebrows. Like a little bitty oh. fringe. I, I thought you were talking about when I was in second grade and I cut them during school. No, she cut them like before pictures and jo- oh, my, my husband was so mad. Your dad was you, so mad. I am so talented when I was a kid. I cut my pigtail off with a pair of plastic blade safety scissors that's okay that's how talented i've cut myself with plastic blade safety scissors like actually cut my hand i've actually cut my hand when i was a toddler i almost cut my sister's fingers off yeah she did oh my goodness i was like i'm gonna lose my baby safety scissors (laughs) no they weren't safety scissors. you know what miss michelle says uh children left unattended by their mothers brings their parents to shame or some sister mothers or that one lady who was like my 14 month old was shaming his mother (gasps) so bad how can a 14 month old shame their mother i I mean even if they're cutting down a fit in the middle of walmart or wherever you're at how is that like shaming his mother the kid is having a meltdown it happens and i spanked him so much she said she spanked him all day long he's 14 months old y'all yep she said in her accent He's 14 months old, y'all. Yep. That's ridiculous. It was the whole Let thing was kids stupid. Be kids. Let kids be kids. And that's it. That's yeah. a wrap. That's <sighs> it. See y'all next time. <laughs>